The first reading is from 1 Timothy, the first chapter, verses 12 through 17. I am grateful to Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he judged me faithful and appointed me to his service, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of who I am the foremost. But for that very reason, I received mercy so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience, making me an example to those who would come to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And our holy gospel today is found in John, the third chapter. It is the story of Nicodemus. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. How can these things be? Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who has descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent, in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe in him Excuse me, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. The Gospel of the Lord. All praise to you, O Christ. Good 
Good morning. Welcome to our sixth week of reading through the Gospel of John. Uh, we take this on every year. We read one of the Gospels through from uh, the beginning of the year through Easter and a little beyond for John. And if you have not had the privilege to uh, be a part of this right now, you can jump up quickly because we're only into the first half of chapter 3. Uh, and if you've been attending worship, no reading necessary at this point. Every time you come, you're hearing the continuation of this story of the gospel of Jesus by John. And what's um, wonderful is we're online, so you can join us on YouTube or Facebook or on um, our website itself, and you can hear all the past messages starting on January 2nd through the end, and you'll be all caught up. You can also catch us on SoundCloud as well. And what we've heard so far, the very beginning, we heard that Jesus is the light of the world. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness shall not overcome it. We, like John the Baptist, are called to be a reflection of that light. And that light put a spotlight on seeing all the good in others, just as Jesus did for Nathaniel, who at first said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Jesus did not allow that to hinder his connection with Nathaniel and called him to be one of his disciples. And then the light that uncovered the darkness in the temple last week. As Jesus entered the temple courtyard and there were people selling all kinds of things to be sacrifices to financially show their commitment to, to God. And Jesus said, that's not what it's about. And so he cleansed the temple and had a confrontation with the Pharisees, which brings us to today, where one of those Pharisees, Nicodemus, meets him in the dark. One of the first things we can take away from this is what I like to say here all the time, meeting people where they're at, not where we want them to be. The goal is a conversation, not a confrontation. And Jesus was willing to meet Nicodemus in the dark so that no one else would see him. Because if others knew that this Pharisee was going to see this heretic, Jesus, he could have lost everything. But Jesus was willing to meet with him in the darkness. There's a second conversation that we hear in our first, in our, from the first reading, and that's to Paul. He was also a leader in the religious community, and he was even worse than Nicodemus, for he was persecuting and killing Christians. And again, Jesus didn't want a confrontation. He created a conversation with him. And through that conversation, Paul came to know the grace of God and let his old self go away and became a disciple of Jesus. Well, I've never done that before. There we go. <laughs> so here's their credentials. Specifically, Nicodemus, a Pharisee, a religious leader, a ruler of the Jews, a teacher of Israel, and had self-proclaimed knowledge. Yet none of that brought him any closer to understanding Jesus. Born again? What does that mean? 
How can a man go back into the womb of its mother? I'll rest there for a minute while all the women think about that. And in that conversation, we hear those words. The words that so many of us already know. One of the first Bible verses that many people remember. If you remember it, say it with me. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that all who believe in him may not perish but have eternal life. That is a great piece of scripture to hold on to. But it's even better if you connect it with the one that follows. John 3.17 For God sent the Son of Man into the world, not to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That is that relationship that Jesus is trying to create with all people. And that has been passed on to us. As we hear, Paul, who in his life as a religious leader who opposed Jesus, confesses to Timothy, one of his followers, I am grateful to Christ Jesus our Lord, who strengthened me, judged me faithful, and appointed me to his service. I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith, love, and full acceptance. For Jesus came into this world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. Second piece to hold on to. If you are a believer of God, you start from where you are not. We do confession each and every time we have communion here at our 10 o'clock service. For we come before God with all that we've done and left undone, creating those shadows in this world. Yet, Jesus forgives us and feeds us, welcoming us to the table. Jesus displayed the utmost patience, making Paul an example to those who would come to believe and receive eternal life. So hear these words. God's judgment of the world arises precisely out of God's love for the world. This wrath of God that still persists today, no, it is the love of God that envelops all people. And the gospel is summed up in these eight words. Jesus came into the world to save sinners. End of story. Jesus came into the world to save sinners. A disciple we become as we follow Jesus. And Jesus says this, When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. My Father's glory is shown by your bearing much fruit. And in this way, you will become my disciples. So we are saved but we are given a direction, an order, an opportunity to be God's hands and feet in this world and to share the saving grace of Jesus. Now, Nicodemus, this isn't the last time we'll see him. He is there to defend Jesus when the religious leaders wanted to condemn, condemn him. But he does it in a quiet way. Kind of speaking up for Jesus, but not speaking out for Jesus. And we see him again at the end of the story, when he and another uh, religious leader, Joseph of Arimathea, take his body to care for it after his, his death. 
Commentator James Dunn points out just the opposite. While Nicodemus had a private faith, Paul was one who professed his faith. In fact, we wouldn't have half of the New Testament without Paul. And in those letters that he writes, he begins almost every one of them, grace and peace to you. Paul, who is, Paul established the term grace in the Christian vocabulary. He used it over 100 times in his writings. Without Paul accepting and sharing grace with the early church, it arguably may not have survived. Paul was very public and bold in his proclamation. In his letter to the Galatians, he writes, God, who has set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood, for I have been crucified with Christ and I, am no, lo and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. Third point. Do you have a private or a public faith? The faith of Nicodemus, as I said, being private, he was a limited witness. The faith of Paul, he announced Jesus to the whole world. Through this meal, he continues to be with us. Through each one of us, he continues to work in this world. We are called to go and bear fruit, but fruit will not come if it's not in the light. So we come to the light, and we gain our strength, as Paul said, and we receive our forgiveness and absolution, and we share that with others. We will join at the table. And before we speak, before we eat, during our traditional service, we share what's called the proper preface. And it says this, it is good, right, and salutary, which means beneficial and valuable, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks, giving glory to God. It's difficult to give thanks at all times and in all places. A couple weeks ago, I had the privilege to meet a family I had never met before. And the father was dying. And the desire the mother had was that her family would join together in communion. And so I went to the nursing home he no longer has the ability to speak, but he was able to gesture. And there we shared the bread and the wine. We prayed for one another. I assured them of the salvation of Jesus Christ, not for what he had done, but for what God had done through Jesus. And he choked up as he had the privilege to have that meal with his family. It is difficult to give thanks in all times and all places, especially this week. There's two confrontations that have occurred, two tragedies in our community, a shooting outside of school and another shooting downtown. Two young men dead, a confrontation. 
Jamar, Jamari, and Amir. Two young men, each just one year older than my two boys, respectively. Yet I'm supposed to give thanks in all things. And there's rumors of another confrontation, a global one between countries. And we pray that there will be conversation and not confrontation. Not to mention the, the growing division and turmoil right within our community due to the pandemic, to politics, you name it. May we be in conversation and not confrontation. How Jesus related to Nicodemus and Paul is how we should relate with all people, especially those who we have differences with. And this is the judgment, as we hear Jesus say at the end of our gospel reading, that the light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. Are we living as a disciple, bearing fruit? Having the patience and understanding and mutual respect, a hope for a future beyond any current moment, or even just the next day, but a hope that it has unending tomorrows and eternity with God in heaven. May we shine that path inviting others to live out the, those godly absolutes from the Old Testament to today, vindication and justice, mercy and grace, steadfast love, forgiveness and absolution, compassion in Jesus' name. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He did not send the son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. That is our role as the body of Christ. How will we share God's grace, peace, and love with all? In his name, amen.